You're listening to Spice Radio 1200 AM, and we are speaking to Charlie Smith, the editor of Vancouver. Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here, man, Karen. I love being on Spice Radio. Always a pleasure to as have you. As know. <laughs> um, so as we know, we've been hearing that there will be a recession coming in the new year. And you were saying that there are some concerns that we're seeing in the stock market. Yeah, there's there's issues. The, the stock market has really, it looked like there was going to be what they call a Santa Claus rally, which is in December when the stocks go up. But they were actually, the Santa Claus rally happened in late November, a little early, and, and this week it's been pretty bad. And part of the reason was the U.S. Federal Reserve increased interest rates again. And so we're seeing, and we haven't had the recession yet, but if we're going to have a recession, it suggests that these stock prices could fall even further. But you know, we'll see. And that, that does have an effect on on confidence and sometimes major purchases like homes and, and cars. But the other thing on the housing market, too, there's some issues there in that the Canadian Real Estate Association this week said that the average selling price is now has fallen again at 630000 down you know, the number of home sales are off by almost 40%. And that's something where if we're seeing fewer homes being sold, uh, that's going to have reverberations in all sorts of areas because the people who, you know, sell carpets and appliances and all sorts of things, the real estate agents, that they're, they, they start feeling the pinch of that. And this too is, uh, you know, we've seen the Bank of Canada be quite aggressive in terms of trying to contain inflation. It does appear that there's progress on inflation, and we're seeing quite low gas prices, relatively speaking. But at the same time, you worry about where the economy is going. The employment has held up quite well, and that's one positive thing, because often recessions are associated with increases in unemployment. But at the same time, I think people are facing some real affordability challenges and then coupling that is the anxiety of where things might be going once we get to January and February and March. Exactly. And I was going to say, Charlie, I mean, you look at we went through, you know, COVID-19 back in 2020 and that really hammered the economy. Do you think this recession is going to be as bad as that one? Well, I don't think it'll be like, you know, when COVID happened and there was everything, all these businesses were closed, that was a really dramatic and sharp um, contraction. And it, it was quite devastating. And governments had to jump in and stimulate the economy. Um, and I think they might have done a little bit of overstimulus because that's why we've seen the full employment and the, the growth of the economy was quite dramatic in the wake of that. But I do think that this has the potential to grind along for a while and uh, may help address some of the supply issues in the economy. Like and the car business is one example. And Karen, where, you know, if you go into a Toyota dealership or a, a Kia dealership or something and you want to buy a car, a new car, in many cases they tell you you'll have to wait three, four, five months for delivery because just everything from the semiconductors to the different parts that the, the automakers need. And then the thing comes in by 
you know, across the water and, and then you get a call and your car is ready. The problem with that is because it's such a weight for new cars, we've seen a rush in the used car market. It's starting to stabilize a bit now, but, but the used cars started going up really sharply. And then that creates affordability issues for people who need to buy a car quickly, maybe because their previous car has, has conked out. And uh, that's a manifestation of the supply issues in the economy and, and how it plays out. So if the economy does slow, the one upside is we might see a little more stability in, in certain areas of the economy, like the goods particularly that, that are shipped in. And, and that, that's something, you know, I guess one thing we can, we can take away from this, but, but it's a, it's a rough ride. And I think there's also political implications because you're facing, you know, new leader of the conservative party, Pierre Poiliev. Mm -hmm. You've got Justin Trudeau and Christy Freeland trying to manage this situation. And I wonder if they're going to be tempted to go to an election possibly sooner rather than later if they feel that the economy is only going to get worse. And um, the other issue, too, that's affecting this, obviously, is the war in Ukraine. And uh, this is just going on and on and on. And I, there doesn't seem to be, you know, any, any hope for a, for a resolution, at least for the winter and the spring. And it could conceivably, we could be in the same place yeah. next year at this time that we're in right now. It's true. There, there's a lot going on and we need to see stability definitely in other areas as well. Now, Charlie, I want to talk about this announcement coming from the B.C. government. They talked about there will be a construction beginning on two temporary bridge to housing projects that will provide 90 new units. Now, our Premier David Eby says that the project will bring people living in the downtown east side off the street and into stable housing, which, of course, has been such a huge issue for a long time. I mean, we've all seen the tent city, especially in the downtown east side. I mean, what do you make of this announcement? Well, uh, it's hard to argue with it. I think it's a great announcement. <laughs> it's like, you know, we're going to have them up quickly, March 2023. One's at 1500 Main Street, the other at 2132 Ash Street on the west side of Vancouver. So that Basically, the, this temporary modular housing is a good short-term solution it's for three years. It's not going to solve our housing crisis, but for nearly 100 people, it's going to make for a much more enjoyable life going forward. And and one of the things is once they get in there, there's the opportunity to stabilize your life and possibly move on to permanent housing or, or at least be in a position where you can seek help for, for some of the other challenges you might be facing. So I think the thing that David Eby did and Ravi Kalan, the housing minister, when they came in, is I think they wanted to have a quick win to show that, you know, here's some action. And and to the credit of the city of Vancouver and its council, the ABC majority, that they were eager to work with the province on this. It appears that David Eby and, and the mayor of Vancouver, Ken Sim, have a bit of a bromance going here where they, they both want to get some housing supply up quickly. That might make uh, Ravi Kalan's job easier. But the challenge that Ravi Kalan has is he's also dealing with, you know, dozens of other municipalities across the province. And there's no guarantee that they will be as eager 
to move quickly, as quickly as Vancouver. So, you know, I wish him the best because he has a, a monumental job. And anyone who's who deals with the housing file is going to face some some opposition, no matter what they do. And uh, but I think he, I think he has a a good view of what needs to be done. And I think David Eby kind of had this uh, road to Damascus moment where, for a long time, he was talking about the demand side of housing and how do you impose taxes and do things to stop speculation. And it seems that since the 2020 election, he's really been focusing much more on supply. And uh, I think that's a good approach because this is, um, you know, where our population is growing. There's the growth of household formation. And um, a lot of people are living at home with their parents well into adulthood because they can't afford to find a place to live. And I think it would be good for the parents and for the children if they were able to find <laughs> find affordable places, affordable homes. And, and I think the government's on the right track. Yeah, exactly. This is a big profile, like you said. So let's see what will come out of that. Now, Charlie, you wrote this really sweet story, and I definitely want to share it with our listeners here, is a story about Deepika Savanantan, and she was cast as the lead character in The Nutcracker. And she talked about how she was really shocked because we know the lead character looks a certain way. So it's really nice to see this young South Indian girl take on this role. Yeah, she's only 11 years old and she's the Jackie Robinson of dance. She's breaking the <laughs> color barrier. <laughs> and, and what was really sweet when I interviewed her and her mother, Sangeeta, is that, you know, she knew she would, they had done something quite significant. This is the first time in BC and maybe the first time in Canada that we have had a person of color play Clara, which is kind of a landmark role in the Nutcracker, which is, the it's, Tchaikovsky's classic two-act ballet that is performed on countless occasions across Canada. And she's really excited and, and her community is excited. I, I couldn't resist asking her. One of the things that Chen Hongo, who heads the Go Ballet, and she was a prima ballerina herself with the National Ballet of Canada, I, I asked her, well, what was it that made you decide to cast Tibica? And she said, what made her stand out in the audition is her ability to act and really tell the story. So she's a very talented actor. So of course I had to ask, well, were you watching South Indian films? <laughs> Who are your favorite stars? <laughs> and of course she does. The family watches lots of South Indian movies. They don't watch the Bombay, the, the, the Hindi cinema from Bollywood. But her favorite South Indian movie star is, is BJ, mm. who coincidentally began his career as a child actor in the 1980s. So, uh, but she's a great dancer. In 2019, she won the Global Dance Challenge Competition for Best Solo Performance for seven to nine-year-olds. This is a global competition uh, for, for Cinderella's Dream. So she's highly talented, and I think we, we, we should keep an eye on her. She's the future of arts and culture in British Columbia. It's so and, awesome. Unless, she, unless, of course, she ends up going to New York and becoming a big star there. <laughs> Anything is possible. Such a sweet story, Charlie. Now, Charlie, before I let you go, briefly, the World Cup final is this Sunday. We know it's going to be France versus Argentina. Who are you rooting for? I'm rooting for Argentina. I'd like to see Messi win the World Cup. Aww. And also, France has, France has won. You know, they won the last one. They won, they won two in this, in this century. And I think 
maybe it's time for, for, for Argentina to take home the cup. You know, I've been saying... How about Char- you? You know, see, Charlie, for me, my mind is like France is going to win it because, you know, they're an incredible team. But my heart is like, go Argentina. That That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Argentines will just be so thrilled if they win the World Cup. And they've, they've had a tough time uh, for, in their country and, and they could use some celebration. I agree. Charlie, thank you so much for your time. And you have a wonderful weekend. Okay, thank you so much, Karen. Take care.